You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of God on subjects that deal with the day. This is Brothers Just Searching. How you doing everyone and welcome to today's podcast. We are glad that y'all here on the very first episode of Brothers Just Searching. We are excited and I want to go ahead and introduce myself. My name's Isaac. I'm here with Brother Daniel and Anthony Hayes. How y'all doing guys? Oh, awesome. We're doing doing great. Praise God. Well, y'all, it took two months to start getting everything ready, but um, it's here. It's here, our first podcast. And, uh, you know, guys, when we first started talking about this podcast, we had ideas of doing other things, but uh, the Lord led us to do this, and uh, we're excited and blessed. We're um, going to go ahead and talk about our statement of faith tonight, what we believe. You know, there's a lot of denominations, there's a lot of podcasts out there but i never hear them talk about exactly what they believe uh me and you was talking about the other night was uh i'm listening to a podcast right now and i had to wait a few episodes for them to say how they believed in water baptism right Mm -hmm. and it's still unclear Mm. what it is so that's when we was talking about topics that's why i suggested we do a statement of faith just to go ahead and get into the word to tell them what's our core belief. Because I believe every believer should have core beliefs. Amen. And that determines if you're believing right or believing <clears throat> wrong. That's right. Um, a lot of topics we're talking about tonight. One's going to be hopefully the Trinity. But that's a big subject. Whatever denomination talks about the Trinity and what Jesus is, you can kind of determine if that's right or wrong according to the word of God. So, um, Brother Daniel, we're going to go ahead and let you start off with our topics for tonight. Um, which is the Word of God or the Bible, if you want to say it in that way. Oh, amen. We'll just do a quick uh, quote on the the statement of faith. It'll be starting with the Bible, which is, you know, correct. We need to start with the foundation first. What's our belief system? Mm. The Bible says that faith come by hearing, hearing by what? By the Word of God. God. So we have to have that foundation set. Everything that we want to do wants to be biblically sound and correct. And when we're, you know, when we're dealing with issues that are, that are very um, controversial. But tonight, we just want to set the, the groundwork and the foundation we believe. So we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God equally in all parts and without error in its original manuscript. Absolutely infallible and our source of supreme revelation from God. Superior to conscience and reason, though not contrary to reason. And it is therefore our infallible rule of faith and practice so praise god so we believe that the word of god is the inspired word of god it is god breath from god himself amen god used um men by his spirit to have it written down and we and you know we just know that that's found in second peter if i'm correct so um well doing my study for the word of god we you know we all got together we started studying and you know you just quoted romans 10 uh, 17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god mm-hmm. um i wrote down a note on that uh, we study the word of god to let it build up our faith and believe what it teaches so we can grow in christ and have rest in him if you read a lot of especially this passage was talking about faith it's talking about rest you know me personally and i'm Studying this, the Lord beat me up on a lot of things. You get what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> you you read the Word of God. It says it's sharper than edge to any two-edged sword. Come on. Um, and that's what I looked at. You know, through my walk with the Lord, it's the the Bible just didn't guide me. It grew it let me grow in the faith and show me who Jesus was. And that's a core belief that we have to have. That's why we encourage people to read the Word of God is because it builds up our faith and it also helps you in this walk. To draw close to him because um, studying where uh, let me write, get this right here first um, when it says in uh, James one twenty two trying to get it right there and you know I have this all written down too and I just can't get it right now where it says uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only mm-hmm. deceiving your own selves. What a lot of Christians do, and that one hit me home, because how many of us hear the Word of God, read the Word of God, but never apply it to our lives? Come on. Mm, that's right. So, <laughs> as a believer, I think the Bible, we got to do what it says, let it build up our faith, rest in it, and let this to help us walk with the Lord. 
that's that's a key that's a key point for the word of God for the believer. Now I had a question for you, brother Daniel and Anthony. Oh, uh, why is the word of God is important to the believer and the growth of the believer? Because you know we talk about the word of God and how important it is, but it's you know a new believer might come up to us and ask us that question. Well, I believe spiritually speaking, it's kind of like food. You know, you cannot live without eating. If you like, you die. So it's the same thing, like spiritually speaking, is your spiritual food. You have to grow. You have to survive. And it also guides you to everyday life. Mostly in this age, you need the Word of God to guide you. It's like a map, you know, or like a GPS we say today. If you're looking for a place, it guides you where you're going. It tells you, hey, this is the street, this is the number, and you're in your location. The Bible, the Word of God directs you. And that's why it's so important. And mostly with the falseness we have today, it's very important to have God's Word. Because you could pick out a lie just like that if you study God's Word. So it's important. The Bible, and a lot, sadly, a lot of Christians don't read it like they're supposed to study it. But they need it to survive, you know? Amen. Well, we were talking about that earlier. We, um, uh, let me go look for it in my, my book ribbons. But uh, 2 Timothy 2.14 and of these things put them in remembrance, changing them before the Lord, that they may strive not about words to to no profit, but to subverse of the hearer that we're talking about Timothy. When Timothy was, uh, I told you earlier, God, uh, Paul was telling Timothy how to minister. And he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. That goes for believers as well, because as believers, when a minister is preaching, we should go look if the minister's preaching right. Mm -hmm. So right. how does that come? By faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. You got when you're reading, you should speak it out loud or remember it at least. So if a minister says something that is wrong, you can determine by the word of God. That's why our statement of faith is to read God's word and to apply God's word to your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, praise God. What was the saying with the reformers? Mm -hmm. Sola Scriptura, you know, scriptures only. Yes, and we have to let the Word of God govern us. In the book of um, Timothy, praise God, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 goes like this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, mm -hmm. and for training in righteousness. And it goes on to the next scripture, verse 7, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm -hmm. It's very important that we understand the Word of God. You know, this, this Word is not just like any other book in the world. It's just not, it's not fleshly, it's, it's spiritual. It comes to life. So when we're reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit starts bringing us revelation. He starts teaching us stuff out of the Word, and it's very important that we understand it. That's why you can read the Word of God, and you read something, you start feeling convicted. You're like, wow, well, it's the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart, and that's what we want. That's how we're going to learn. You know, the, the Word is going to be like a mirror. We look into it and see mm -hmm. we're not like this, Lord, but we need your grace for you to transform us because we've heard your Word, and now the Holy Spirit is going to be able to do that work in us, like you were saying earlier, the application, applying it yeah. in our life. Praise God. Well, that, that's, look, I mean, myself for an example. You know, uh, the other day I got angry about something. I was, I was angry. I did things that I shouldn't have done. You go, so... I started studying for the podcast, and I said, Lord, forgive me. You know, I, was, I went on. But when I started reading, especially James chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 22, I read before and after when it goes from 19 to 25, I believe it's verse 20 that says, uh, wrath is not shows, doesn't show the righteousness of God. The Lord rebuked me and said, look, you getting mad like that. Yeah, you maybe thought nobody was looking, but what if somebody was? Hmm. I need my... In my example of anger, I need to say, Lord, help me be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to wrath. That's good. And that that's when I started realizing, hold on, the word, I have to apply what I just learned into my life. Mm. And just that one little passage made me realize, hey, I had, you know, Lord, help me to not be angry. Help me not to get quick to anger. Lord, help me to be slow to hear. Yeah, we want to hear, be slow to hear God's word. Because mm -hmm. God, you know, a lot of people speed read. Mm -hmm. A lot of people look, they read the Bible, and they, they go ahead and they read it, and they, they oh, look, it's, I did my chapter for the day. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and they're not realizing what they're reading. I think that's why the Bible says study. The Bible just didn't say read. It said study the word. Because as we study, we digest. It's the same thing in school. When we when we were in school, we read. Well, Brother Dan, you're still in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right, Brother Dan yeah, is, works right. at a Christian school here in Bro Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we go to school, we went to school, we learned, and we applied everything we learned, like math. How could we do math unless we applied it to our learning and do it in, in real time? There's some jobs that's all they focus on is math, and they have to start from, they have to start from the first grade math book. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's one thing awesome about the Word of God. It's got history in it. Yeah. It's got doctrine and teaching. It's got prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, it even gives us, you know, warning, you know, of uh, false doctrine. How are you supposed to know if someone's preaching the truth unless you, we'd be like the Bereans in the book of Acts? Mm-hmm. And like the brother was saying earlier, uh, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go on. You know, what they did when Paul came to the Bereans, he was preaching to them Christ and what they were doing they were going back into the word and they were checking to make sure what he was saying was correct and accurate and that's what we need to do in these last days we really need to focus on what people are preaching and teaching and line it up with the word of God and see if it's true or not now we're not sitting there trying to be um, nitpicky but when it comes to the fundamentals of the gospel you know those scriptures that are for faith and for salvation the person of Christ and things like that you know we have to be spot on we can't be off and there's, there's some subjects that you can go on like you said that that use for example the creation story there's there's some people that believe in a gap theory us well I believe in the six-day creation and you'd be surprised how many believers take that and say see we shouldn't listen to that minister because he believes in a gap theory and I I started thinking about that. I said, what does that got to do with salvation? Mm-hmm. Look, I, don't don't get me wrong. I'm curious of how we got here. Right. But it's not how we got here. It's where we're going. Right. And that is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's why you're going to heaven. Now, if it goes to doctrines of, let's say, um, Jesus died on the cross, but then you can add on to that. Well, hold on. That's what my Bible said. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man go to the Father except through me. The cross is the finished work. Amen. So that those topics like that, you you, you jump on and say, "Whoa, hold on, we have to address that because that's just, that is an issue for salvation and how you get into heaven." Mm-hmm. But small subjects that that don't matter. That's just a talking point. But as for Sorry. core beliefs, mm-hmm. that's why you have to read the word, like you said, brother. Then it just. You gotta, you gotta make sure it's right. The word of God's got to be our final authority. Amen. Now we got a generation that wants to know where truth comes from, and they're always asking, "Well, where does it come from? Show me the authority for you to believe what you believe." And we've talked about this last time that truth is not just a principle; it's far more than that. It's in the personhood of Christ Jesus. Remember when he was right before Pilate? What did Pilate say? What is truth? And little did he know that truth was manifested in the flesh, the Son of God, Jesus right in front of him. And so, you know, like, you know, when we talk to people, they'll ask him, well, how do you know what's right and wrong? I said, yeah, I do know what's right right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, how's that? The Word of God. That's That's what we stand upon. And people want to argue against it, but what do you think our court system's got? A lot of their laws have been based out of the Bible, Mm -hmm. the moral truth. And it's even more than that, but there has to be truth, a proof of truth, you know? (laughs) It's amazing. And you got to understand something, too. And you know the Bible is the truth because Satan has been attacking it for years. He tried everything he could. I mean, through inquisitions, through the Roman Empire, he tried to murder Christians and the Word of God. Because this book proves who he is. It tells how the devil came, how he started his revolt, and how he's going to end. So Satan hates the Bible with a passion. That's why I believe that throughout the centuries and through this country, that uh, the Supreme Court took the Bible out. They took prayer and reading out because that's demonic inspired. Mm-hmm. Satan don't want it because they expose what he's going to do. And that's another reason why Satan and his minions hate the Bible also. Well, that, that also shows yeah. why the Bible still exists. Because you said it the mm-hmm. best way. You said that 
all throughout the years, uh, throughout this whole world, they always try to take out the Bible. They just went back. Remember in the gospel when they was talking about Jesus, like, man, they said, look, if he's of God, there's nothing we could do. No, it's in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. yes. They said, look, if this is, the, if it, this is God, mm -hmm. we won't be able to stop it. We could try. That's right. But that shows us because, you know, they could take every Bible from this world and mm -hmm. burn it. Mm -hmm. And say, look, you go, we use iPads right now. You, every Bible app is gone. There'll be somebody somewhere praying and say, Lord, what can I do to further your kingdom? And Lord's going to tell them, start writing. And they will be able to write the Bible from start to finish. That's right. You see, we got to be very careful because the enemy, too. From the garden, he you know he he did the first uh, perversion of the word of God. You know he just yep. twisted God's word a little bit to Adam and Eve, and look what happened. And he's been doing it from this. So we, I think we need to emphasize just a little bit right now that we got to be careful what Bible version we're yep. using. It has to be a word for word translation. And so we know that's going to be a very small group that we can really look at and consider the word of God. And so, but a lot of it, if you look at it, has been compromised. If you start looking um <clears throat> how they compromised the character of Christ, you know. What he did on this earth, you know, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his birth, and all that. You know, we have to be very careful of those things. So, we would really want to emphasize tonight about you got to be careful what Bible version you're using. Yeah, because a lot of Bible versions take out the blood. They take out the, as you said, meaning for salvation. They add to the Trinity. They take away from the Trinity. They, that's where you got to be discerned with your spirit. And look, I just see a lot of people when they start. They use a Bible translation. They come and say, wait, your Bible says something different than mine. We explained to it. Well, this is why they took it out. And the, the new, I'm mean, going to use the, uh, the Jehovah Witness Bible, New World Translation. Um, when I was talking to a lady and I was quoting John 1, I said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was with God. Uh, the word was God. That lady came up and looked at me and said, you quoted it wrong. It's the word was a God. Mm -hmm. You added that A, you mean there's more than one. There's plural. There's more. I'm talking there's a singular, there's, there's one God manifesting the three flesh. No, 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 no. You still see, and she started talking about Lucifer and everything. That one little word, A, mm -hmm. changed the whole doctrine of uh, John chapter 1, verse 1. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So it shows you how important the Word of God is. And think about this. What is what has been what throughout man's history? What number one book has been trying? They've always tried to destroy and burn. It's been the Bible from the day Bible. one. Think about what I'm saying. Sure. The Bible, and you know. So tell me, it's not the truth. Why men hate it? Why does the enemy despise it? Because it reveals and exposes who he is. But truly, we know that Bible overall, the theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ and Him Amen. crucified. What Christ came to do for us Jesus, at Calvary. Jesus uh, is all the way from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. Mm -hmm. And he's throughout all there. And you'd be surprised with little hints. Prime example in Genesis chapter 3, when he said, told the woman, uh, well, told Satan, he should bruise your head and bruise your heel. Mm -hmm. That was talking about Jesus dying on the cross and Come defeating on. him at the cross. Mm -hmm. yeah. So and Jesus Christ is throughout the whole Bible, and that's what makes this book so powerful to read. Right. If you stand, that's what I, I go back to it where it says study the word. If you speed read it or you just glance over, you won't catch the the fine tunings of the Bible. And you know it's sad. And you you go look on YouTube. I'm gonna use Marvel and DC for example. They always put their Easter eggs in those movies. These videos have millions. And millions of views to see what they miss. What's sad is Christians are watching that to see what they missed in a movie, but they don't go ahead and fine tune the Bible to see what they're missing in their life. Oh, my brother, you know how much you <laughs> might, you you know how much jewels there are Amen. digging into the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it can instruct us. Do you ever need to make some really life changing decisions in your life, and you go to the Word, and the Word just gives you wisdom? You know how to deal with everyday life, how to how you you know you treat your wife or your children or you know your relationship with your pastor and the members of the church and even most of all our relationship with Jesus Christ. But it instructs us overall. There's just so much there that's phenomenal. When I read the word myself personally, it just does something to my inner man. It just because it's alive. When you read it, you're just like you're feeding on on, on God's word and it's strengthening you. To discern things in your life, to discern what's right and wrong, you know, to make wise judgment, to, you know, to do what's right. 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Exactly. And we live in a very dark world. And, and yes, we need sir. the light like never before it. right now. Amen. Yes, sir. Well, that was a good for the first topic. That was the word of God and our statement of faith on the word of God. Uh, you have any final thoughts on that, gentlemen? I would just like to emphasize, please, people, get into the word. Amen. Don't be malnourished. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I just we would just like to really encourage you to get into the word and just see what the Lord will start showing you. Well, we're going to go on to our second topic of this podcast, uh, which is going to be the identity of God. And we're going to go ahead and stretch that off to the three persons, the Trinity. So, Brother Daniel, we're going to go ahead and let you read your notes on those. Okay, stay with the faith. God. We believe in one God who has revealed himself in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all co-eternal, all stand equally superior to time, free from the temporal distinctions of past and future. Praise God. Well, you'd be surprised how many don't believe in the Trinity. <laughs> They actually had groups in the past where they said, when it's still today, they teach where it's only Jesus only or, or something like that. But the Bible makes it clear there is a trinity. If you go to Genesis, there's a trinity. Say, let us make men in our image. The Bible makes it very, very clear. And they work. Now, this is the thing about the trinity people don't understand. There are three separate bodies. They have a body like us. Okay, They, they, they look like us. They look like human form. And they're separate. But the thing is, they have one mind. They think just alike. What Jesus thinks, God thinks. The Holy Spirit thinks, Jesus thinks. So they're in one mind and one more accord. It's kind of like a, you know, like an egg. There's a shell, there's an egg, and there's a yellow in the middle. So it all goes together, you know. And thank God for the Trinity, you know. Most of the Holy Spirit, it guides you, and, and and He works just like the Word of God. He helps you decide what is right and wrong. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, you need the Holy Spirit. He said, you won't do nothing without the Holy Spirit. So you need the Trinity. And so it is important. And then looking into that point, Colossians 2, 9, where it says, For him dwelleth all fullness of the Godhead bodily. It was talking about Jesus in Colossians 2, 9. When Jesus came to earth, he was the bodily form. He was fully God, mm -hmm. fully man, and he had the Holy Spirit inside of him to help him out. He, he possessed, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you know what I like, guys, when we talk about this? I love uh, John 15, 16, and 17. If you read them passages, those chapters of uh, Scripture, Jesus says, I can't remember the exact verse, chapter and verse. He said, Father, make them one as we are one. Amen. What was he talking about? See, a lot of people that don't believe in the Trinity will say, well, he was just talking about him and his father. No, he was talking about him, the father, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, like Brother Anthony was saying, it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Amen. So praise God. So here we already have a, a picture of God in plural. Amen. Not singular. You know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So we see that. We see that it looks like in the Old Testament that the Father was really focused upon. We know that, I think it's in the book of Ephesians somewhere, it says that Christ was a mystery in the Old Testament, but now it's finally been revealed in the New Testament. So that's what was wrong with, with, with the Jews. Once the gospel was presented, Jesus came, then he died on the cross, you know, he was buried in resurrection, and then the church began. They were having a hard time about Jesus being the Son of God, you know, so... I don't want to go too far, but I just want to just emphasize a little bit at the beginning. You know, right off the bat, we see, we see. If we, if we go into Genesis chapter 1, when he said, uh, the spirits moved upon the face of the water, and God said, let there be light. And I heard someone say that the other day, and it made a lot of sense. They, John 1 calls Jesus the Word. Mm -hmm. When God said, let there be light, he said he always thought about Jesus saying that, let there be light, because he was the Word, and he spoke it into existence. That's good. Now, and look, Brother Daniel, I told someone that a while back. You know, they always talk about big bangs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. When you snap, the, world, the light went around the world. Could you imagine when God, or if you could say Jesus, Jesus is the word, we're going to say, 
when Jesus said, let there be light, that one spark of light shot through at 186,000 miles per second. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful the name of Jesus is. And it came from him. It came from him. It came from the person, Jesus Christ. And that we emphasize on on the Trinity because there's a lot of denominations out there, like Brother Anthony said, that teaches against the Trinity, which um, we read a, a verse earlier we was talking about before we got here. And I can't remember the verse right offhand, but I told you, I said, well, that that shoots down half of the modern church and the denominations of the day because it talks plainly about the Holy Spirit and the Word. Mm, that's right. And, you know, we have today people who are actually scared of the Holy Spirit. They're actually scared of the Trinity in some point in a way. They they believe in the Trinity, but the power of the Trinity. And so we have to be careful that, you know, we should never be scared of the Trinity of the Holy Spirit. You know, never. It should I think, be our friend. I think, they, I think they're scared of the Holy mm. Spirit majority because, look, yeah. you got God. He's in heaven. All right. He's in, Jesus Christ ascended. Well, God, Jesus saved us. He's the, he's the uh, king of the world. We accept him in our heart. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of you, you don't have no more control. Mm, that's right. And that's what a lot of people are scared of, especially for the Holy Spirit, which we're going to deal with that later on. Why they're so scared of the Holy Spirit. Look, Brother Dan, you said that uh, we were talking last week. You said especially about the name of Jesus. You could talk about God anytime. Mm -hmm. When you mention the name of Jesus, that shows he's the way, the truth, and the light. That offends people. Well, a lot of denominations, they don't want to give up control. They want to control their mm -hmm. people. They want to control what they're teaching. The Holy Spirit, though, when he's inside of you, he's in control. You have to let him lead you. And that's why a lot of Christians are scared. Well, I don't want to give control because human, the human race, they, they want to have control. They want to hold on to something. And you got, you got to let it go, especially with the Holy Spirit, to yield your body a living sacrifice to let him lead you, and he takes control of you. Amen. And we know that in the Old Testament, he would be under the title Jehovah. So in the New Testament, we would say Father, Abba Father, you know. Yeah. And so you look in even uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when the Lord was uh, instructing the disciples, he told them, Go ye therefore and teach all nation, nations, baptizing them in the name of, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So it starts with the Father, amen. So praise God. So here we have another scripture dealing with the God, the Trinity. And we continue going on in that. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So, you know, so God is, you know, he is the one that's, that's orchestrating all this. He is the Father, but yet it's going through the Son and then through the Spirit. So they all work together. So really, I mean, I know right now that we're dealing just with the Father as overall and all that. And it's very important that we do uh, make the distinctions between all three. I mean, they are still one, but they all work in different functions. Praise God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, and the thing is, the Bible said Jesus was the Word. And, you know, you think about it, like, he just spoke and everything came into existence. He didn't have to go to any store. He had to go anywhere, make his materials. It just came out of him like that. So that's how powerful the Word of God is. It's the Word. And this that's why we're here today, because of the Word. Because this Word he spoke. It goes back to what we were talking about the Bible earlier. You know, we talk about how the Bible, Brother Daniel said, it energizes him when he reads it. It it. It feeds him. It why? Because Jesus is the Word. Jesus' word is flowing in us because what he said. And a lot of people say that. Well, we don't hear the voice of God. Well, open your Bible. Amen. Yeah. Open exactly. your Bible because if you want to know about God, you want to know about Jesus, and you want to know about the Holy Spirit, open your Bible. God will speak to you Amen. through the Bible because He is the Word, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. which God the Father instructed to men. Amen. And even, I mean, literally, the Father did speak. When, when was that? Mm -hmm. At Jesus' baptism in the water, remember? He said, this mm -hmm. is my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. And then the transfiguration, remember? Again, he spoke and Peter got terrified. So he literally spoke. Wow. The Father spoke to men, you know what I mean? Well, Brother Daniel, you, you just, in that one scripture about the baptism, when Jesus was born, that showed the whole Trinity right there. Right, right. It showed the Son. He was in the water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God the Father spoke, and the, the Spirit, Spirit descended like a dove. That showed the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So anyone that says, wait a minute, the Trinity is not there. Well, 
go go read John chapter <laughs> one <laughs> when they are when he's talking about. The baptism of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, it be thy will. So who he's praying to, he can't be praying to himself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So praise God. It, it just, you know, we could also add um, John 3.16, a very simple scripture, but it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So I know that we're still dealing with the topic of the Father. So we got all these different uh, scriptures that are really showing the distinction between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So praise God for that. You got any, y'all got any other topics? Y'all want to go ahead and move on? You got something else you want to say, Brother Daniel? Just, I, well, praise God for the new covenant of the cross because amen. we have a relationship with our Father amen. now, amen? And that's His desire. Yep. The Father's desire is that His children come back home to Him, yep. what He created from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now we know that Christ, and we're getting ready to go to Him now, yeah. you yeah. know, going to Him, that He is a, the express image of the Father. Amen. You know, he told, you know, he, well, we'll stop. I better stop. I'm going to add to your point on that. When you look at, especially in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned and God had to cast them out, that point broke a relationship with God. You know, they, they, they knew something about a sacrificial lamb because the lamb was slain so they can cover their nakedness, which was representing sin, and the lamb was representing Christ. I believe that was the second prophecy of Jesus. When I believe the father hurt when he had to cut them off, when they knew of knowledge and good of e good and evil. That's why he that's why the plan that Jesus came down to be a perfect sacrifice was put into place. You know, I just show you how how awful sin was. Because the Bible says when Jesus was on the cross, God actually had to turn his face. Because when God saw Jesus, he was sawing our sins. He was he seeing, sins yeah, man, yeah. And, and he had to turn his head. And I think about it, all those years, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was together. They never were apart. That was the first yeah. time in history, and ever be in history, where God and the Father were separated for a little while. And it, I think that hurt Christ more than the whips. That hurt him more than any than the nails that went through his hand is when his father had to turn his face. So to show you how perfect unity they were until that point where it's just amazing how bad your sin was when mm -hmm. he broke up a unity for a little while. Man, that's that's a lot to that's a lot to lot to absorb mm -hmm. right there. Because if you if you dig deep into it, you see like you said the unity that they had. It's just wow. No man on earth could have a unity like they had. Right. Well, John chapter 1 verse 1 said, well, I think somebody quoted earlier. In yeah. the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, the word was with God, God, the Word was God. So you see the you see the distinction, but yet the relationship of the Father and the Son. So praise God on that. So we're going go, to go ahead and go to Christ now. This, talking about God, <laughs> talked about the Father and what He's part of. Now we're going to talk about Jesus and His part in the Trinity. Amen. Well, like the Bible said, He's the Creator. And he, there's nothing that was made that was not made. He mm. made everything, and he spoke it. And think about it, you know, he, he, like I said, it's amazing how he just spoke, and dead people came to life. You know, he walked on water. I mean, it's amazing how Christ did these things, how powerful he was, and he's still working today. John, John 1, 14. Come mm -hmm. on. Uh, that's what you said too <laughs> <laughs> and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we behold his glory and the glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth oh yeah you could just sit on that all night <laughs> oh, that's, that's a whole sermon in itself oh yeah that's a whole sermon in itself because you know just talking about the Genesis chapter 3 when they fell away from grace and the sin nature came in, and that that separation from God. Yeah, I believe the Lord knew that at some point somebody would eat that tree, mm. and He had to have somebody be that. It did not take God by surprise. No, it did. No. It did. Nothing no. takes God by surprise. No. no, and that's where we need to we need to focus on. There was already a plan B before there was a plan A, mm -hmm. and I think. That was the only way for man, because if you look through the Old Testament, 
it reflects Jesus Christ through the sacrificial lamb, the the two turtle doves, the all the sacrifices that were in the book of Leviticus. That that show what Christ had to come do. Amen. So can we talk? Let's just just focus just a little bit on it. His pre-existence, as far as okay. mm-hmm. you know, before even this earth was made, and all yeah. that, because something we need to establish that you know, yeah. that yeah, mm-hmm. and we said already when we were talking about the Godhead, but really, I like the scripture in the in the book of John, the seventeenth chapter, says like this in verse five, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. That's the ESV. King James says this, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So praise God. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we have to understand it. We need to really, really uh, emphasize on that a little bit. That way people understand that he was from eternity past, yeah. he is now, and to eternity future. And so, because a lot of people have a misconception who Christ is yeah. and his character. And let's go a little bit with Islam. What does Islam think of him? The highest they put him is, a, is one of the five major prophets, amen? Mm-hmm. And that's not even including the Jehovah Witness or even Mormons. Mm-hmm. One believed that he was a created being, amen? Mm-hmm. And the other one thinks that he was a blood brother, a brother <laughs> of Lucifer. So, yeah. you know, we have to emphasize today who is Jesus Christ and what did he come do for us, amen? Well, we've been talking about Genesis. Come on. Especially in Genesis chapter 1. But if you look when Abraham, and uh, isn't that Genesis chapter 19, when Abraham walked out and he saw three men coming? Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. And one, one, he knew what was, he was talking to him and he said, Abraham, and he knew that was the Lord's voice. Mm-hmm. And that goes to the story of Sarah, how Sarah laughed. And when, you got to think about something, when you look at that, when Sarah laughed and he started praying to that individual, that was Christ mm-hmm. pre-cornet. Exactly. He was, that was Christ. And Christ, look, I believe Christ was also the one in the fire furnace in Come on, Daniel. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, who is Christ? Well, he's in Genesis. Yep. He's in Daniel. You go through them. He, you can go through Everywhere. accounts of in the Old Testament. When, look, and I might blow some people's mind. I'm a big Genesis fanatic. I love the stories of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Jacob wrestled with God. Come on. Mm-hmm. Who was the man that he was wrestling with? Jesus exactly. Christ. Mm-hmm. I believe that was I Jesus believe, Christ. I believe it was. So he's been there. He's been knowing everything that was going on. A lot of people think when he was born, he was a little baby. Mm-hmm. He was pre-incarnate. He, that, it had to be that way for him to come into the world to mm-hmm. save us. But he was always there from Genesis. Dan, like I said, Daniel... There's number of accounts. Right. So we're coming from eternity past. Now we're coming into creation. And you even look with Joshua, the captain of the Lord of the hosts. Mm-hmm. That's a pre-incarnate of Christ too. Yeah, mm-hmm. You look where Christ told the Pharisees before Abraham was, I am. I am. You know, so mm-hmm. you have the great title, I am of God, you know, basically. So you're right, my brother. It's so phenomenal. I love when I read the Old Testament, to be honest with you. And I just like to find types and shadows about mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. That's some of the hidden jewels in the Old Testament that's been... Kind of like I said earlier, it's just been kind of covered, but then now it's finally revealed in the New Testament. Well, we can we can go even back to Abraham, when Abraham was sacrificing mm-hmm. Isaac. Mm-hmm. Come on, when, when God told him to stop. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he looked over. There was a ram. Mm-hmm. Come on. According to the sacrificial, well, it wasn't a law then, but what Abraham realized it was supposed to be a lamb, not a ram. Mm-hmm. Why was it a ram? That ram was foreshadowing Christ dying for us. Mm-hmm. Because Isaac was representing mankind. Come on. The ram was mess- representing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to take the penalty for Isaac. So even in that, like you said, the, the Old Testament, it's amazing what you, when you start looking into the Old Testament and the, the references of Jesus Christ. Like you said, it's a jewel that you find and you hold it on. You hold on to it and it's, it's rare. Well, yeah. Even King David said in Psalms 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We're talking a long time before even the Lord quoted that when he was on the cross. So wow. it's phenomenal all that we can find of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's just, it's awesome just to look at it. And then even salvation itself, even way back then, was not about works. Because the Bible said, Abraham believed God. And it was counted on him for righteousness. So it shows you even way back then, what was faith? What was Abraham's faith? Was it was in the common Christ and God? Simple as that. Isn't it in Hebrews yeah. chapter eleven where it says it says that same verse? But it said, mm-hmm. "When did no?" I don't you just read. You just read my mind. <laughs> it's uh, when he's talking about uh, when was it counted for Abraham for faith 
before or after circumcision. It was I know Paul, it was Romans chapter was four or five. Romans, and he said, "Well, before circumcision." Mm-hmm. So that was shown because circumcision was us. Uh, they were separate from the rest of the people. That was God's covenant to say, "Look, they're they're with me." That was that was part of the Jewish salvation, apparently. So, but Abraham didn't do that at the beginning. Abraham did it when he was old. Mm-hmm. But before he did it, he was that was counted to him for righteousness. Mm-hmm. He believed by faith. Mm-hmm. So even like you say, even going to that before the cross, mm-hmm. Abraham. Now don't get us wrong. The the sacrifices didn't save Abraham. It was his mm-hmm. trust in the coming Messiah? Mm-hmm. It was a foreshadowing. But his foreshadowing of it mm-hmm. is what Abraham did because he realized, look, there's some there's something coming that I need to trust in, and this is how mm-hmm. he's going to do mm-hmm. by by a perfect lamb. Well, they all knew that from the garden, it was already prophesied. The first prophecy is about the coming Redeemer. Amen. And so you even look at the Ark, uh, Mo, um, Noah's Ark. And you looked at he went, the, him and his family went from the old world, got in the Ark, and they were brought to the new world. It's a type of, you know, of the cross, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you really, I mean, throughout the whole, the Old Testament, it testifies of the Redeemer that was coming. You know, all the Moses, no, all of them. By faith, we're believing for the coming Redeemer. Amen. And that's what uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is about. The hall of faith. Those that still trusted but yet did not see it in their day. Everybody was expecting in every generation that the Redeemer was going to come and save them of their sins. So praise God. Wow. And I heard a minister say that one time. He, he, and he used the illustration. He had the pulpit in front of him. Uh, and he had two guys looking one way and the other. And he said, this is the Old Testament saints. They were looking to Jesus. The New Testament church is looking towards Jesus. Exactly. That center point. Mm-hmm. That center point. That before Jesus came, he was. He knew he had to go face that. Because in the whole in the Gospels, he said, that, "Look, I'm going, going to the cross." Remember, Peter rebuked him, said, "Why are you, why are you saying these things? Get behind me! Say you're not speaking the things of God. You're speaking the things of this world." Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And and you got to realize too something. Here is the word walking among men, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing how he you know here this is God. You know I was watching uh, Christmas happen not too long ago, last year, and in the movie I was watching a movie called An Activity, and they were showing Mary and Joseph was talking about about Jesus. And Joseph was like, and they were talking, Mary and Joseph, they were like, uh, we don't even know we're about to teach him anything. Because he, I mean, he was God. Think about it. He was God coming down to earth. This is a good man who created the planet. And so it makes you wonder, man, that makes you wonder how powerful Christ was. You know, it, get, it makes you think, makes you wonder. People take it so much for granted. Well, we, go, we go from the incarnate to mm-hmm. when he's on this earth. And at the cross, we were talking a while back. I think it was last night. We mean you was talking at mom and dad's house, and you said that they had a, a preacher from a nearby town that said the cross wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you and I said, "Well, there's one scripture that can be pro- that stops that. It is finished. Mm-hmm. It is finished. <laughs> mm-hmm. That 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 says it all. Be oh, you got to believe in the resurrection. Well, because of the cross." It enabled Christ to rise again from the dead. If he wouldn't have rise again, that man, his sacrifice didn't mean nothing. That's right. That's when Paul, when Paul was saying that, and when um, Dad said it last night, he said, John said, if there was, if all the books were written of what Jesus did, it couldn't contain. It, it couldn't contain it. The world couldn't contain the books. And that's how powerful our Lord Jesus Christ is. And to be honest, we can't contain what we have already. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. We just have enough what we have now, you know, and so and that's another thing you know about false religions. We're not getting that in tonight, cause that that in itself is a whole nother program. Cause there's so many religions out there. That's how you know a false religion. How they represent Jesus. Yeah. How they talk about Jesus. You know, and and if the blood's enough. If you hear any religion or any denomination tell you, yes, there's the blood, but there's something else added to it. Right. That's one of the signs. That's be a red light or a sign telling you right there, there, there's something wrong here. That's one of the signs. Of course, we'll get to that 
and other programs when we do it. But that's one of the signs, people. You know what they say about Jesus. They can get everything else right, but if they get Jesus wrong, they got it wrong. Simple as that. Praise God. Uh, but then you want, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Holy Spirit. And we was going to go ahead and talk about salvation too. But uh, we're going to be, we're running short on time right now. Um, we're going to go ahead and bring out this last part of the Godhead. And uh, we're going to call it Raps for Tonight after that. Amen. Praise God. He's getting his notes ready, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So praise God. So this is the first uh, mention of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead at the beginning in creation. So we know that the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit were involved with creation of this world and involved in creating man and everything that was entailed in it. So praise God. So we see from the very beginning that the Holy Spirit has been involved practically throughout the whole plan of the ages for what? To get us ready for salvation. Amen. That's God's, that was the Father's heart from the beginning. From covenant after covenant, always desiring to bring mankind back to Him in a way that would be pleasing to him and yet bring righteousness through his son jesus christ so we look at the holy spirit uh, what is it the book of um where is it the book of john amen you see that jesus talks a lot about the holy spirit in the book of john to his disciples mm -hmm. amen and he said when he came into the world he was going to do what he was going to convict it mm -hmm. Amen. Praise God. What else was he going to do? That's in John chapter 14 you're going to? or I'm looking at it real quick. Okay. The Lord said he was going to testify him. In other words, of Jesus Christ, what he did at Calvary. He was going to exalt him. He was going to show us things to come. There's so many things that the Holy Spirit does for us that's benefit you know he he brings revelation he exposes things he gives us the mind of god the heart of god amen we know that uh, the born again experience that the holy spirit is used he orchestrates people's hearts to be open to the gospel of jesus christ to understand that they're wretched and they're sinners and they need a savior praise god so he brings he comes first and foremost to bring revelation of that and to bring conviction on top of that. And for that point, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we are a new cre uh, creation and we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so he's done his work as far as the regeneration. So what else do we want to say after that? What other part does he play after regeneration? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that he baptizes us into the body of Christ. He puts us into the body of Christ. And the Bible also says that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit because of regeneration we've been saved so now we have this new creation we're a new creation in Christ Jesus the old man that we were has been crucified buried and we've been raised in units of life 2nd Corinthians 21 uh, 1 verse 21 verse 22 and it is God who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also Put his seal on us and giving us his spirit in our heart as a guarantee. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And you know, if you look in the Old Testament, like the Ark of the Covenant, where people say, well, what was the whole deal about that, the golden box? Well, this is the thing. That box represent us. And the Holy Spirit was in that box. See, the Holy Spirit, he dwelled in this Ark. But he really wanted to dwell in us. So that's now because what Christ did on the cross, now we can have that Holy Spirit now living inside of us. So that's amazing when you think of Old Testament things that were to come as well. well. And even to that point, he was in the he was in the ark, but he was also in the temple. Remember, God mm -hmm. calls our body a living sacrifice, a whole right. a temple. That means we have the if you're a believer of Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you now. Come on. That helps you. You are the temple of the Lord. When you say, Lord, open up my heart. That's why the Lord ripped the veil from top to bottom. Because mm -hmm. he was saying, look, you have access now to the throne room of God, which was saying you have access to the Holy Spirit. 
And remember, Jesus said, go wait for the comforter. Mm -hmm. As believers, when he comes into us, he's our comforter. As you were saying, Brother Day, a lot of times we go through trial and tribulation, he's our comforter. But at the same time, when we come to him, we're like, Lord, what is our comfort? What 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 makes us, what is our goal to make, get us to heaven? And the Holy Spirit says, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's, I, I look at him as uh, the word of God, like a compass. And I believe that, and how I look at him, you know. That the Holy Spirit is like the GPS. He's going to get us yes. home. As long yeah. as we stay on, on our faith in Christ and Him crucified. You know, the Bible says in um, Romans chapter 8, it says, let's go, verse 16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. So <laughs> He gives us that insurance that we are in the family of God, that we can call our Father literally Abba Father. Amen. Amen. We're in the family of God. So we've already talked a little bit about how the Holy Spirit plays His part in the regeneration. And now it's all about, from this point on, sanctification. Amen. Amen. He's going to make us in, uh, in the image of Christ. In other words, we have to have our minds and our hearts renewed with the mind of Christ through the Word of God. But that only happens when we surrender to Christ and let the Holy Spirit do the work within us to do that. So it's phenomenal what God has done. He, you know, Jesus said in the book of John that he would not leave us orphans, but he would come to us. And how? Through the spirit of the living God. Amen. So we've been empowered with this spirit to live a holy life, sanctified. So it goes regeneration. And then from that point, you know, justification and sanctification to one day we're going to be fully glorified. Amen. Right. With a new body. Amen. So we have a lot of benefits with the Holy Spirit within our lives. Amen. That's right. Amen. And he is a person. Yes, sir. Amen. He's not a force. He's <laughs> he is a literal person, the third person of the Godhead. And you can talk to him. All right, well, guys, that's gonna end this podcast for tonight. We thank you for coming and listening to us. Um, remember, this is stuff that we studied, and we just sharing to edify your faith in the Lord. Um, if you heard something that you might think, well, hold on, they might need to. Get on, hey, go search the scriptures and see if we're right. Um, if you want, go look us up on Facebook, Brothers Just Searching. As the, uh, the profile page is going to be a Bible and our name on the top. Like that, like that page, and if you want to send us a message, go ahead and send us a message. We'll be glad to hear it and bring it up. And if you have a topic, go ahead and send that to us as well. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. Brother Daniel, Anthony, thank you all for coming out tonight. We'll awesome. see you guys next week. God bless week. you.